1: Welcome back to another episode of Brothers on Law, Zoom edition, I'm Larry Mandel. And I'm Rob Mandel. Hey, Rob, uh, how are you holding up uh, under the COVID virus dilemma?
2: You know, pretty good. Everyone I know is safe and sound, but we've been hunkering down. You know, we've been, uh, what do you call it? Locked down and uh, just staying at home pretty much. And as you know, we're operating our law practice uh, remotely.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it's been tough times, but uh, hopefully people are staying safe and healthy. And how are you doing, Brother Larry? Brother Larry's doing very well.
2: Yeah, I'm staying healthy. I don't think I've seen you. I don't think I've seen you this whole time, which is weird because normally I see you every day. Yeah, it's been two months. Yeah. March 13th. Right, right. Well, more than two months. Yeah. So, uh, Larry, before we uh, welcome our wonderful guest today, You know, we've been asking our listeners to call in and nominate a local person or group who's going above and beyond during this uh, pandemic for their community. And we've just gotten a tremendous response, haven't we?
1: Oh, that's right. It's great that people are really, you know, participating.
2: Right, right. So I guess producer Cam has someone on the line that, uh, well, someone called in and um, uh, wanted us to hear about. Someone that they nominated. So let's let's take a listen.
0: Hello, happy uh, day. This is Carmelo Vicentero. I would love to nominate uh, Dr. April Lopez um, out of Orange, California. Um, she is a chiropractor slash doctor um, for her own uh, chiropractic. Sorry, I'm a little bit nervous, but um, uh, she pretty much does Baker to Vegas. She helps all the officers get ready for the races in Vegas. Um, she helps a lot of law enforcement um, get better, pump back to business. Um, she does this out of her own time. Come uh, Baker to Vegas uh, running season, we compete against other law enforcement. Uh, my name is Carmela Lucatero. Um, i retired correctional officer. I was medically retired because a lot of my medical issues
2: Okay, so uh, well, Carmela has uh, uh, nominated uh, a chiropractor out there in Orange, April Lopez, who is uh, helping our first responders during the pandemic. And uh, do we have uh, Dr. Lopez on the phone?
0: Yep, I have Dr. April Lopez of Stadium Chiropractic in Orange, California on the line.
1: Hello, Dr. April Lopez.
0: Hello, how are you today?
1: We're doing well, thank you. And yourself?
0: I'm doing well as well as um I can be right now with everything going on. Thank you for asking.
2: So so Dr. Lopez, tell tell us what's going on exactly because you've been nominated as uh basically a hero in the community by your uh, patient Carmela. So what 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 what's going on?
0: Well, um well I'm 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 humbled by that. I I, um, I I guess a little embarrassed because I don't know really what that means. Um, um, you know, in being nominated for being a hero is because I, you know, obviously I, there's a lot of heroes out there and a lot of people working in the community to help others and I, um, we don't hear enough about that. Um, but I, in, in terms of what we're doing here, I mean, i've been practicing 24 years and i i see lots of patients and i do see a lot of law enforcement and so um for us we're we're taking care of um those people um out there that are working from home but a lot of people that are on the front lines you know and um you know we're just trying to do our best do our part to take care of our our community
2: that's wonderful yeah and, that's and, and, great. and, and are you taking do you have to take uh, obviously you have to take some special precautions and so uh, are you, in order to treat these folks and get them out of pain, are you, uh, you know, basically uh, exposing yourself to some extent?
0: Well, I mean, I, I, I do believe anybody that's working the front lines and working out there, um and there, there are, like I said, there are a lot of people in the community doing that, and um me and my staff as well. You know, I, I, I. I At the end of the day, I feel more tired than I do on a typical day prior to COVID because we've taken all the precautions. Um, I don't let anybody in the same room, even during check-in. Everybody's in a separate room. I do wear gloves. I do wear a mask. I happen to have a special needs daughter at home who's 17 now, who has Down syndrome, who's autistic, and um, and will need another surgery. Did have a a heart surgery um, once before. Um, I also take care of my dad, who's 82, so um, I think initially we took a week off um, when everything was going on, Um, but because we're essential workers, I actually felt really guilty being home because I felt like I needed to do my part, and people were waiting for me, and so that only that one week taken off, I said I had to be here to... Take care of those that um, need to keep going back to work that are hurting, and um, and there's a lot of emotional. There's an emotional component to that too, and the stress out there that people are feeling not just from a, an injury, um, but um, the stress of putting themselves in, in the front um, lines helping others. So it's it's you know it's a, um, a whole combination. There's some patients that are staying home that don't talk or see anyone or don't have anyone even touch them that are isolated. Um, so I think that, uh, what we're doing here is very, um, it's, it's, um, rewarding to help those and, um, to make a difference.
1: Well, that's a great story, Doc. And Carmela was right on nominating you. Thank
2: you very much. So, so, uh, Dr. Lopez, we're going to send you some, uh, gift cards to Whole Foods. You got a Whole Foods nearby you?
0: Oh, absolutely. And and thank you for that. I, I did
2: yeah. Yeah, but thank you so much. Just as a little thank you, just a, a token of our appreciation for what you're doing out there.
0: Well, well, thank you, and thank you for. Uh, um, I think a lot of people are listening to um, to you all, and putting positive energy out there. I think we we hear enough of the negative stuff, so it's uh, nice to hear some of the positive, um, um, half glass uh, half full um, versus um, the half empty. Because I think definitely there's of, um, positive things out there happening.
2: Right, right. On. Positive healing. Bye, Doctor. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Lopez. Thank you so much. Have a great day.
1: Take care. We're Larry and Rob Mandel, the brothers in law here on go country one Oh
2: five. Do you have a legal issue you need help with? We want to hear from you. Find us on Instagram and send us a message. Then tune in on Saturdays at 8am right here on go country one Oh five.
1: Do you need help feeding your family right now? We all know that schools are closed and some kids rely on free or reduced-price meals at school. Visit fns.usda.gov slash meals kids to find a grab-and-go meal center near you. They are offering two grab-and-go meals for kids. Again, please visit www.fns.usda.gov slash meals Four is the number four. And let's make sure all the kids are fed.
2: You know, Larry. You know, a lot of people have these concerns that they want to stay at home, and they, but they may need medical care. They may to need to go to the ER for other reasons, and and be afraid to do this, and may not even go out of fear.
1: Yeah, you know. In fact, a survey of nine major hospitals earlier in this month showed that the number of severe heart attacks being treated in US hospitals had dropped by nearly 40% since the uh, virus took hold oh, wow. in March. Yeah, leaving doctors, you know, they're, they're concerned about that. And here to break it down for us is trauma surgeon and vice chief of staff at St. Mary's Medical Center, Dr. Mario Hillebron, AKA Dr. Mo. Welcome, Dr. Mo. Dr. Mo. Welcome. How's it going? Yeah, my first name is
3: Mauricio, which is kind of complicated. So that's Ah, why they shrink it to Mo. I see. Mauricio.
1: Thank you, Dr.
3: Mo.
2: Mauricio. Well, welcome to our show.
1: Yeah. Dr. Mo. Dr. Mo. So, some of the things that we just addressed have you seen a decline in? Patients coming in to treat for medical emergencies. Yeah, overall,
3: the um, the the number of patients coming in for emergencies that are unrelated to COVID and that are more medical. Now, I do a lot of trauma, so people are still getting car accidents, people are still getting shot, people are still that's still happening. But you're absolutely right in terms of the heart attacks, the the medical emergencies. We're seeing a trend down, um, and that's going to be one of the more interesting things that comes out of the research a couple of years from now when we kind of look back at
1: all this stuff. So uh, yeah. there are certain risks involved by these people avoiding the ER, correct?
3: Oh, absolutely. There is there is that fear of, um, oh, I'm going to go to the hospital and that's like where COVID is and I don't want to go there, when the reality is, um, if you need to go, you go. If you would have had to go before, you should go now. Um, there's a little bit of common sense that we need to use here, and we know that's pretty rare nowadays. Um, But but there are studies now in New York showing that some of the uh, first responders, uh, the the people in the hospital that are exposed, may have lower infection rates than we expected, which means the mask, the distancing, that sort of stuff works. It means we're taking the right precautions.
2: We're doing the right thing. But positively, it means that it's safe to go to a hospital. And in fact, don't you uh, take... But don't these hospitals take pretty good precautions? They have areas set aside where people come in basically by themselves, things like that. Can you tell us a bit about that for your hospital? Yeah,
3: we were pretty we got started pretty early, um, which was uh, you treat everybody like they have COVID. I mean, this is this is scary stuff. Um, And we need we were treating it seriously from the beginning. So, yes, isolation Uh, taking patients that may or may not have COVID and treating them as if they did separately, the testing, the keeping them away from other patients. Now, let's say somebody comes in in a car accident. You don't separate them. You treat them as if they're a car accident patient with extra precautions. So that meant we would take above, we would take higher precautions, gloves, masks, protections, that sort of stuff, doing the same for the patient, putting a mask on the patient, protecting them. So yeah, we've been making this up on the fly. And the fact that we're doing it is kind of cool.
1: Yeah. Very cool. (laughs) Makes a lot of sense. And so what do people do? Let's say they are in a car accident. They're going to the ER or they they feel chest pains, things like that. What do they do in route to the ER? Let's say they're driving in there. Do they wear masks? What what kind of precautions do they take? Well,
3: (laughs) pretty much everybody nowadays has a mask or something. So that's independent. Wear a mask anyway. But if if you're that sick, focus on yourself and go to the ER. In fact, call ahead if you want to. That's what I've been telling people to do is call your primary care doctor, call your insurance plan, call whoever you need to call initially, and start the process going. If you're going to an ER, call the ER ahead of time. They're going to ask you once you get there, do you have any symptoms? Is there anything, you know, because people forget, just because COVID is here doesn't mean nothing else is happening. People are still getting sick. People are still having appendicitis. Um, Just what I'd like to tell people is go. Don't sit at home. If you need to go, go. Yeah. And so what if someone
2: has that reluctance to the point where they just don't go and they're suffering in some kind of unusual or immense pain like an appendix attack? What what risk are they taking by by, you know, balking or, or or not going? significant risk in
3: fact there was a, an article a month ago that said there's a hospital in Seattle that had the same number of ruptured appendix patients as they did covid cuz so oh many people were waiting
2: oh um, my
3: yeah so the risks can be alarming and many of them can be mitigated by a simple phone call by a simple discussion in fact our hospital has virtual consult where you can log on talk to somebody online go over the stuff maybe even show them a wound or a dis- describe your symptoms and at least get a second, like a, somebody else, a Jiminy Cricket on your shoulder.
2: Yeah, that's nice. And where, where is where St. Is Mary's? Can you give us the lay of the land there?
3: Yeah, I'm in Southern California. So uh, St. Mary's is uh, Long Beach, sort of closer to the water, down by the end of the 710 freeway. It's one of the two main hospitals in Long Beach, Long Beach Memorial and St. Mary's.
1: So, Doc, that's before, right. before we got on the air, uh, you were indicating that you've been working Uh, nonstop every day. One day you took off, right?
3: Yeah, it was my birthday. My wife made me take that off. But
1: yeah, (laughs) um, I I
3: remember I took the day off for the Oscars, which was February 9th. I wanted to sit at home and just watch the Oscars. And since then, because I'm a general surgeon, a trauma surgeon, a vascular surgeon, I'm involved at the medical staff level, it's all hands on deck. And I understand what your caller said about you feel kind of guilty staying home, because it,
2: this is kind of what we're supposed to do. This is what we're built for. It's know? kind of all hands on deck kind of thing. Been. Yeah. And and we were talking about, and uh, you know, if someone's not going to watch our YouTube uh, of this, but the listeners should know that you're sitting there in scrubs right now. You're ready to go right now.
3: I'm ready to go. I was ready to go. <laughs> but uh, I had a surgery this morning, but now all elective surgeries as a precaution, must be COVID tested. We, that makes sense. It does, but one of our problems is that inherent problem with testing. Um, they're not reliable and they don't come back in a timely fashion. It's, um, it's not a criticism. It's hard to understand for people that we didn't even know what this existed six months ago. We didn't even know this existed six months ago. It's a new thing. We had to create tests for it. So we're trying to be patient. It's understandable. The patients have been great. We'll get through this. It's it's going to happen. We'll get better at this.
1: We're Larry and Rob Mandel, the brothers-in-law here on Go Country 105.
2: Do you have a legal issue you need help with? We want to hear from you. Find us on Instagram and send us a message. Then tune in on Saturdays at 8 a.m. right here on Go Country 105.
0: From all of us on the Brothers on Law Show, we wanna give a big thank you to these sponsors who we've partnered with to help honor our local heroes and groups for going above and beyond for their community. We'd like to thank Ralph's, Whole Foods, Target, and Chipotle. Thank you for all you do in our community.
1: The tests have evolved. I've had it twice now. And the first time was with the nose and the second time was with the mouth. What testing is now being done? And is it more reliable?
3: Oh, geez. The, the testing is they, they, they root of your nose, they swab the back of your mouth, they prick your finger, they take blood. And some of the sicker patients, they're actually, once you're on a ventilator, they'll go into your lungs and sort of wash out some of the deep stuff in your lung and suck that stuff out. Um, wow. The honest answer is we're trying to find it in as many places as we can to try to get some sort of a sense of what's going on. Again, we're living in the middle of a research study. We're figuring stuff out every day. So um, the the best advice I can give is if you think you need a test, get tested. Uh, if it's negative and you feel good, you're probably fine. If it's negative and you don't feel good, keep checking and talk with your doctor. And we'll do it anyway. Trust me, the doctors are starting to get sensitive enough that we're repeating tests. We're, we're, we're being vigilant. We're trying to get to
2: the bottom of a lot of the stuff. And why is it that the testing takes you know, a few days or whatnot. Is it that they have to grow the virus in like a Petri dish or something like that?
3: No, um, it, it, it depends on what, see, there's so many different types of tests and there's only so many places that can do it. Um, we're just so used to everything being easy. Yeah. A, a, a problem now, it's hard to describe that if you swab your nose, you treat that different than if you do a, pin, a pinprick on your finger. And that gets treated different than a blood test where you put in a test tube. It all gets handled different. It all gets processed different. And it gives us different information. So um, putting that all together right now is really difficult because people need to know right now. So but like I said, we're, we're getting there. The more data we get, the better information
1: we can give you guys. And so, Doc, you're a trauma surgeon and you'll be seeing patients like appendicitis and hernias. It's,
3: Sort of. Um, I'm also a general surgeon and the general surgeon is the one that does the appendicitis, the hernias, the gallbladders, that sort of stuff. But as a trauma surgeon, I see the car accidents, the gunshot wounds, the fall down, crack their skulls open, the the fights, the assaults, the the drunk people that fall off bar stools and break their kn- whatever. I mean, yeah, so many. <laughs> um, trauma surgeons have to live inside the hospital. So four to six times a month, I go to the hospital late in the morning and I don't leave till late in the morning the next day. And there's a new one of us every day. And that's one of the functions of a trauma center. So that's the type of patient, when I'm wearing my trauma hat, that's the type of people I see.
2: And how long have you been doing that? Because, you know, Larry and I, we've been dealing with trauma uh, uh, patients, so to speak, for uh, 30 plus years each. And of course, we see these folks after they're pretty much out of the hospital and whatnot. But I can see how that would be quite a challenge to deal with one severely injured person after another. How do you do it? Um, I th- I think, <laughs> I think it's genetic. I've, I've
3: done this. I've been a trauma surgeon since 98, but my wow. dad was one of the original kind of guys doing it in Long Beach. And he was at the hospital for 50 years. Um, How about that? So, and if I'm going to be kind of nerdy here, I grew up loving comic books. And if there's an element of me that has always wanted to be a superhero, I don't spin webs, I don't fly, but my little tiny superpower is, I guess, I can help the occasional person. So there is a bit of that too. I, I do like that sort of immediacy. There's not a lot of BS if you think about it. You just help people. A lot of times, I don't even know their name. You just help them, and that's that's really appealing to me.
1: Well, yeah, I'd like to nominate him as one of our heroes right I, now. I second it. Yeah. Now, actually thank
3: you and that's really cool but this is what I'm built for I mean I, I take a hero as like the postman who saved somebody's life or the grocery store person that this is I mean thank you I don't want to be a dickly but honestly this this is cool I get to be a doctor now I like this
2: I mean I'm that's happy. a great attitude it's a fantastic attitude because you know I know a lot of guys uh, in the medical field who have done trauma as like a rotation, or they did it as part of their residency. And once they got their residency status, boy, that last thing they wanted to do was was any more trauma at a hospital, which is tremendous burnout. it, It
3: is hard, but the burnout for me isn't the trauma, because I mix it with vascular surgery in general. I try to be, I mean, a little bit more diverse, and I think it makes me a better doctor. The burnout isn't coming from the work. There's joy in the work. The burnout is from your hospital administrators. Your burnout is from the rules and regulations that have nothing to do. Your burnout is from people that don't trust you nowadays because everybody's questioning doctors and care and science and medicine when, honestly, we're just trying to do the right thing.
1: Absolutely. Well stated. Let the scales of justice tip in your favor.
2: And now you are vice chair. Yeah. If I read that or if I heard that correctly of the um, uh, of staff. So or vice chief of staff now that so that's an administrative role. What, what do you do is that what, what does that entail? So it, well, the chief of staff is
3: the doctors in the hospital elect one doctor to sort of run doctory stuff. So we don't it's not administration like we're not worried about um, electrical plant stuff or, or insurance contracts or stuff. When you're in the medical staff, your charge is the care of the patient in the hospital and then the doctors themselves. So any decision making that in, happens at a hospital has to go through the medical staff. And I got elected as the kind of head doctory guy. You're have a
1: watch job. To some extent, um, right? Yeah, it's just
3: there's a lot of stuff that needs to get done for the benefit of the patient and for us. And we're not beholden to the administrators. We're not be well, we have to work with them, but we're not beholden to those people. Strictly every decision is it good for the patient, is it good for the hospital, is it good for the doctors?
2: Absolutely. And so uh if someone has a COVID, they know they have it. And now they, they have something else going on that they just, I mean, and I, I take it that's entirely possible. Your body is not going to necessarily uh, stop its other functions and whatnot because you have a virus. And you're fighting that virus, and I don't know, you, you fall down the stairs, you sprain your ankle. <clears throat> what, what does that person do? Do they have to alert uh, the, um, the staff at the hospital or the paramedics? you know, that they, they're, they're positive.
3: Yeah. Um, the, the, what I'd like to tell my patients is just because you have one thing wrong, doesn't mean you can't have two. So right. that's exactly what you're saying. If you already know you have COVID, it kind of makes it easier for us. You know, it's like, all right, we still have to fix you. And that's what people don't understand is that you still need help. We will. Right. Fix you. And if we know you have COVID and you wear a mask, I wear a mask. But, I would have done that anyway, but it, it almost makes things a little easier. The fear
1: of not knowing is really stressful. Doc, if they have COVID, are they in a separate wing of the hospital?
3: Yeah, we have separate COVID units in the ER for COVID and COVID suspected patients. We pretty early isolated whole floors for just COVID patients. And in the intensive care unit, we have a separate walled off locked area. For COVID patients, where
1: everybody who comes in has got to be gowned up, protected, et cetera. Yeah, so people should be aware of that because that's a safety precaution that's built in, and should give you a little bit of solace that if you go there, you know, you're going to be, you know,
2: separated. You're yep. going to be a okay. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I'm I'm starting to lose my voice here. Starting mm-hmm. to lose my voice for some reason. Take a drink of water, Rob. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. In a nutshell, and I know this is not your necessarily your area of medicine, but in a nutshell, what makes this virus so concerning, so uh, potentially deadly?
3: So, it, it, okay, let me see how fast I can do it. It's a novel virus. And what that means is when it showed up last year, not a single person on the planet had been exposed to it. it means oh no immunity, no nothing. And we have to figure this out now. Coronavirus which is the type of it. There's been seven. The first four are the common cold. Number five was SARS. Number six was MERS. And this is number seven. We've never successfully made a vaccine for a coronavirus. We will. we got to work on it, but we never have. We don't have good treatments for it. We have crappy testing for it. We don't even know how it works. We're trying to figure out how it behaves. You know, you we heard about, oh, it affects the elderly. Now we know it doesn't. Oh, it affects people that are already sick it started there but now it's affecting people that aren't we have no kids now we're seeing the syndrome in kids so there's we need to respect infectious disease not just coronavirus nature mother nature kicks our asses all the time we we need to respect it and now you need to
2: respect mother nature that is right. very good advice we're larry and rob Mandel, the brothers in law
1: here on go country 105. do you have a legal issue you need help with We want to hear from you.
2: Find us on Instagram and send us a message. Then tune in on Saturdays at 8 a.m. right here on Go Country 105.
1: Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and of course, brothersonlaw.com.
2: From all of us on the Brothers
0: on Law show, we want to give a big thank you to these sponsors who we've partnered with to help honor our local heroes and groups for going above and beyond for their community. We'd like to thank Ralph's, Whole Foods, Target and Chipotle. Thank you for all you do in our community.
1: Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, Doctor Mo. And for more information on Doctor Mo, you can follow him on Twitter, right at Heilbron uh, MD. H E I L B R O
2: N M D. Correct, Doc? That'll work, sir. Sure. All Excellent. right. And uh, <clears throat> I think it is about time. We, uh, we wrap it up and say our goodbyes. And it's been, I, again, we could talk to you all day. Yeah. Dr. Mo, you're a great guy. You, you are, are one of the heroes out there. We thank you so much for what you're doing in the community and for joining our show and, and filling in our listeners like you've done. Anytime. Yeah, super educational. And so, right. uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to say our goodbyes until next Saturday. And if you've missed any part of this show, you'd like to hear our previous shows, you can go listen to us on YouTube or brothersonlaw.com, or you can even tune in to uh, iTunes or Podbean. Right, Larry? That's
1: right. And if they have a legal question or a show topic, they can call us and leave a message at
2: 1-800-310-7113. And Larry, they can call that number, too, if they want to nominate. Uh, Someone in the community like wonderful Dr. Mo or like our uh, chiropractor, um, uh, Dr. Lopez. And, uh, you know, we're going to acknowledge them on the air for sure. That's right. What's that number again, Larry? Oh, it's
1: uh, 800-310-7113, Rob. All right. We got a big thank you to all our listeners out there. And stay safe, please. And we look forward to being here next week on Saturday at 8 a.m. on Go Country. 105. And remember, let the
2: scales of justice tip in your favor.
3: The opinions expressed in the Brothers on Law show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute
0: for personal professional legal advice.